Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Okay, Dave, we're back in the boiling point. We are. Today, I've got a really amazing uh, guest on here, someone I met just a few weeks ago. Um, this is a, a fellow named Aaron Emery, and he comes from uh, from the B Corp world. Uh, he takes care of all of the Canadian uh, B Corp certification, and he, he helps people like us, like Hemings House, who just became a B Corp, navigate our way into making global and community impact uh, in the most efficient, best ways. And it's uh, it's really neat the the movement that he's uh, he's one of the spearheads of. For listeners who may have forgotten yeah. <laughs> or not be as familiar. Why don't you help us all understand when you say B Corp, what what you mean by that? B Corp certification is a, uh, well, I like to see it as a movement where companies all over the world are committing via a very stringent um, certification process. They're committing to uh, measuring positive impact uh, on the environment, on on society. Uh, And uh, we are committing ourselves to not only measuring our profits on the bottom line of our balance sheet, but, uh, but to measure... Our, our impact on the planet and on people. So we call it triple bottom line. B Corp is the one certification, kind of like LEED does for architecture. Uh, it's the one certification that really proves that the company you work for has a supply chain that is clean as it possibly can be. Uh, and really, we're dealing with other businesses that we know are not destroying the planet, rather making it a better place. Aaron, how did he do? Yeah, well, he started off with uh, my favorite word possible there, and, and that it's a movement. <laughs> um, and it really does, you know, split down the middle between, you know, we're building both a certification that is pushing uh, business leaders to to be their best. And then we're building a community of those business leaders that, that exists just to challenge the rest of the world to, to think about business in a different way. So I, I think Greg summed it up really well. Well, good. Well, well done, Greg. Sweet. Well, I've, I've been inoculated with it uh, for the last <laughs> little bit. So, Aaron, why don't, why don't you start by telling us uh, a little bit about your mission and vision, uh, about uh, we already uh, explained what B Corp is. What do you want to see happen in Canada and therefore in the world through this movement? And, uh, and how can we as B Corp companies and, and like-minded, uh, like-valued companies support the, the mission? Yeah, I, I think I'll start by just sort of setting a context about how big I'm thinking when, when, when I talk about B Corp, because, um, you know, I, I think I've been influenced from from the early days back in in high school. I had this quote up on my wall from uh, Daniel H. Burnham, who, who basically invented the skyscraper. And he said, dream no little dreams for these do not have the power to stir men's souls. And and I think what we're talking about here with B Corp is not just sort of tinkering around the edges with corporate responsibility or just trying to make businesses a little bit better. We're actually starting a revolution. And and sort of the, the, the basis of that revolution is actually around this idea that, you know, 85% of global capital, 85% of all the money in the world exists within for-profit institutions. And so all the problems that we have to solve as a society, even if government was at its absolute best and most efficient and if every nonprofit was doing the absolute best that they could do that's 15 percent of the money in the world you know working for working for positive change and what we want to do with b corp is is stimulate that other 85 percent 
And even if it's not, you know, even if we never get everybody on board, if we were to move that from, you know, 15% of global capital to 40% of global capital, I just imagine the things that we could do, you know, all of a sudden it changes the math on climate change. It changes the math on income inequality. It changes the math on all these problems that I think even if we can't agree about the solutions, we can agree that the problems exist. And, and so we're just keen to, to shine the spotlight on uh, business leaders that are taking it upon themselves to, to work on the front lines of some of these problems. That's a really, you know, that's a really helpful description for me who would be, you know, just on the periphery of this in terms of understanding. Um, I love that, 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 you know, just understanding where the wealth is, uh, is sitting and, and tapping into it. So how, so how long is this, like, when did this movement begin? I guess, what are the, um, what are the origins? Yeah. So the origin story is actually uh, really exciting, especially uh, for anybody that's tuned into to the world of basketball, which I, I was, I live in Toronto now, but I was born and raised in Indiana. And if there's anything that's true about in, if it's there's like, anything that's true. Yeah, I was going to say that's like hockey in Canada, right? I mean, basketball yeah, in yeah. Indiana. So if, if you've ever seen the movie Hoosiers, it's 100% true. That's all I, like, I was born at, like, Gene Hackman, I, I'm I love from that one of those those small schools uh, that are just on fire and eat, breathe, and sleep uh, basketball. And so the origin story of B Corp actually starts with basketball, that um, a couple of guys uh, throughout the 90s and halfway through the 2000s ran a company called And One, which is a, it started off with just sort of a T-shirt company and then moved into uh, basketball shoes. And at its peak was the number two basketball shoe company in North America. It was Nike was number one and one was number two. And they were doing, you know, like a quarter of a billion dollars a year. And these guys just, they, they were doing business the right way. Um, you know, they were doing, um, they really cared about their supply chain, really rigorous ethical standards for their uh, factories overseas. But they were also like really committed to their local workforce. And that it, it was two, I had two weeks paid vacation, but two weeks paid volunteer time on top of that they had you know mother room, like nursing rooms and and daycare on site they you know had the greatest benefits package you can imagine they were just like they were really doing business the right way and they were being wildly successful at it and then the time comes to sell and and they sell and they sell at a fair price but the bottom line is at the time of, of a liquidation event when it comes time to sell you can only think about money. Like you're, you're not shopping around for who's going to steward your mission the best. You're, you're shopping around for who's going to pay you the most. And the guy that bought it, you know, paid a fair price and, and, and ran a good company. But within three months, they saw all of those operations that, you know, sort of the mission side of their organization disappear. And so B Corp, they, you know, they spent a year kind of running around the world, looking at best practices, uh, trying to figure out how to measure impact. And with all with this idea that they wanted to help companies scale well, that it's not just about, you know, we're told a narrative about how, what success looks like in, in getting bigger and more employees and more money. And I, I don't think that we're fighting against uh, that mission at all. We want to see um, really smart people doing really good things uh, be compensated for that. But we also want to help you hold on to to that nugget of an idea that when you started your company, when it was, you know, you and just, uh, three other people sitting around the coffee table, sparking the idea like there's there's something more than dollars and cents between those people. 
you know, there's, a, there's an idea that really motivates you and gets you excited. And we want to figure out how do you hold on to that? How do you hold on to the morals and the ethics and, and the spirit of your company, whether you're three people, 30 people or 3000 people. And, uh, and just to, just to jump into that, Dave, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, Aaron, about this in the, in the, one of the major things to do to become a B Corp is you actually have to change a few uh, a few bits of wording in your articles of incorporation, which actually protects you if you end up selling your company or selling shares. Um, the uh, I guess the well being of the shareholder is still uh, less uh, of importance than the mission of the company. I'm probably not, I'm not wording that appropriately, Aaron, but uh, I think that's a really important bit. Is it's really protecting you from yourself in a way, right? Yeah, so that's, that's the exclamation point on this whole thing. And it's sort of twofold, that we actually do the final step in the process. After you've been reviewed and after you've been scored and, and we say that, you, that you're able to be a B Corp, the final step um, to really see if you're serious about it is you actually adopt um, a language that says, we will consider other stakeholders. Now, it doesn't tell you what your business is and whether, you know, we don't tell you that you're going to focus on the environment or on workers or, or what sector that is. You're free to, to, to do what's best for you there. But it creates that wiggle room. And so, um, yeah, it, 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 it both um, protects you legally that all of a sudden, you know, it, it, the, the issue is, is making sure that everybody's upfront about it. So when, when an investor comes in, they just understand that this is what they're buying into so that you're perfectly clear about that. Um, and that's the, that's the big idea on, a, on having that, that legal language. Well, it creates, it creates transparency, I'm guessing. And, and, um, you oh, know, it, it, I mean, yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. So, so how does that, so, so I own a company, a coaching company. So t maybe walk us through, uh, the process of, uh, becoming certified and you know, how, how would we start? And I know Greg has done it already, or is in the process, one yeah, or the other. Yeah, we are now certified. We haven't run oh. the bell yet. Okay. We're waiting for our website to be finished. Oh. But, but by the time we release, are you this, trying to influence Aaron right now by having him on this? I, it's done and done. <laughs> I, I've already, I've already got the stamp. We're in. Okay. But by the time we release this podcast, we probably will have rung the bell. So, okay. Yeah, we'll okay. See. Let's assume that's going to happen, right? Um, yeah. So what? So what is the process? Like, what? What is it that? Um, you know, how would someone get involved? And then what are they? What are they expected to do as an organization? And and, uh, you know, I mean, I just, uh, I guess the, the, and is it for everyone? I mean, is it for every company or how, how do you approach that? I mean, first of all, I think that um, to answer your second question first and your first question second, um, is it for everyone? The, the quick answer to that is going to be no. Um, at no point in time, even if we are wildly successful 25 years from now, you know, I'm not deluded enough to think that every single uh, especially commodity-based company, uh, you know, oil companies or, or mining, or um, that maybe it's just not the right fit for them, and it's not actually what their shareholders, especially some of these big, uh, long-held public companies, um, you're not going to win over their shareholders. But, but I also say that that we're building the biggest tent possible, and so we've built a, an assessment that you know we've currently certified more than 1200 companies in 38 countries in more than 120 different sectors and to me the most interesting number there is the 120 sectors because that means we've got whatever you do we've got a version of that that's a b corp pretty well and so you know if you're looking for artisanal tequila 
boom, we've got it. If you're looking for straw-based paper, we've got it. You want a lead certified architect, we got it. And it's not that we have everything covered, especially I think that we can go to different geographies and different size companies. But basically, it's just about everything you can imagine. So even impressive filmmaking companies, I understand. Yeah, some really impressive filmmaking I, I, companies, and even not so impressive uh, <laughs> filmmaking companies. <laughs> you know, yes, struggling film companies with a good heart. There you go. <laughs> so, so they, so that's cool to know. I mean, so it's basically, and and then. And then, so then, someone someone raises their their hand and says, "We'd love to 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 invest in this." So, what what is what happens? How does this unfold? Yeah. So basically, if you think it's something you're interested in, if even even if you don't think that you're going to become a B Corp in the end, if you're just interested in measuring your impact and, and sort of having a you know something that, especially for small businesses, that you know big businesses can af- afford to spend six figures on some consultancy to come in and tell you what your environmental impact is. Um, but for a small and medium business, we it, it won't be as in-depth or, or all-encompassing, but we can give you a great benchmark to start with. And, and so whatever business you're in, let's say you want to become a B Corp. So you'd go online to bcorporation.net um, and log into the B Impact Assessment. And, and the assessment is really the starting point. It is a 200 question beast that um, pushes you on, on, on areas of, uh, four areas really. Um, the first area is sort of governance and transparency. And that's sort of around, do you have the official policies and procedures in place that are gonna help you scale well? Um, and then we're also asking you questions about, you know, your, your environmental footprint um, your community interaction and, and ultimately your worker treatment. So those are the four categories that we're, you know, pushing and, and, and jabbing at you and just asking you to prove all the things that you think that you're doing well. And so you do that assessment online and, and it auto saves and you can do it in two days, you can do it in two months and whatever it takes you. Um, and you're shooting for a score of 80 out of 200. Now we figure that the the average company on the street would score about a 52, and the the threshold to for B Corp certification is 80. And then we've got we've got B Corps that rate everything from an 80 to I believe the highest in the world is like a 164, maybe 74. I'm not sure. Um, and so once you clear that 80 we're going to test you on it. And it comes in two forms. One, we're going to set up an interview and, and you're going to jump on the phone for an hour or so with our global headquarters, with our standards team. And they're just going to, you know, get the backstory on, on the answers that you've already given. And it's sort of both a smell test, sort of, you know, it does your story add up. And it's also a chance to, to put better depth and detail to, to the questions that we've already asked. And then if you're still over 80 after that, we're going to do a documentation phase where about 5% of the questions we're going to push you for a paper trail. And so that's, you know, if your company is claiming that you have the greatest dental benefits in all of Canada, great. We just need to see uh, a copy of the policy. You know, if you're buying carbon offsets for all your air travel, great. We just need to see invoices, things like that. Um, And if at that point, you know, you've done the assessment, you've done the interview, you've done the documentation, you're still over 80 points. The one last thing that you're going to have to do is what we talked about earlier and changing that line in your articles of incorporation, Mm -hmm. that you're actually legally going to state 
we will consider other stakeholders. And ultimately that's going to do what we said before, you know, where it protects you a little bit legally, but then ultimately, you know, for me, that, that is where when push comes to shove, there is no question about uh, greenwashing or this just being a marketing ploy. Because if it's, you know, if you're doing a marketing ploy, it's great to, you know, agree to use some form of language for six months or something, but you're going to the very DNA of your company and you're saying this is what we're about mm-hmm. and you're legally accountable to that. So not that we're not that we're creating perfect companies. There's plenty of stuff to, you know, um, challenge and we're going to fail and, and we're going to have to continue to push one another. But um, greenwashing, it is not. <laughs> so if a company goes on, they score 52. I mean, that I'm guessing that that's an opportunity to make some improvements to actually meet that minimum threshold. Yeah. So, you know, how we've built the assessment um, is really to be sort of a, a first stage of a, of a free consultancy. Okay. That's, that those, those questions are out there. But you're going to, you know, you score that 52 and you've, you know, you've clicked 50 questions that you're just nowhere near. Like you can't even imagine doing that. But you've got another 15 questions that you're like, oh, I never thought about that before. Right. Um, I, you know, I could consider giving – I just met with a guy uh, last week that's been a B Corp for a couple of years. And, and he was telling me that they've updated their employee policies. And, and at their Christmas party, he sort of revealed them as, as Christmas presents that all of a sudden directly from the, the B Corp assessment, all of a sudden, you know, and he's got, I don't know, 70 employees or something. Everybody gets their birthday off. Boom. Um, everybody gets two paid days for volunteer time. Um, and they did something else with, oh, and they installed a uh, electric charging station at, at the office for anybody with an electric car. Um, so th- like those are things that there are questions that are asked and in, in some ways seeds that are planted in your mind as a, as a business owner or manager of things that you can do better. What, what, a, what a great, sorry, Greg, but I was going to say what a great education, right? Yeah. Well, well, this is what's making me excited because Aaron's a very busy guy. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes Aaron, I I feel like, oh, I want to ask Aaron about this, but you know, I don't want to pick up the phone all the time. So I figured I might as well run an idea by you on the podcast instead of just picking up the phone. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're going to like it though. Um, this, that's not leading at all. That's not leading at all. (laughs) So this, and if you don't like it, you're free to say, that's right. That's right. That's That's a terrible idea. Because you guys are going to edit it out anyway, right? No, 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 no. I want to hear some of my words from before. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, as you know, this millennial dream project that I was telling you about that I just got back from India from, for filming, uh, the nugget, the core reason we're doing this documentary is because our province of New Brunswick uh, is facing some serious challenges. Now, the good news, no, I don't say good news, but the interesting news is because it's about New Brunswick, it doesn't mean if you're not from New Brunswick, it doesn't relate. The story that we're about to tell uh, is relatable to people all over the world, which is we are losing a lot of our, um, you know, a lot of our creative young people to larger centers where they feel they can make a bigger impact, okay? Uh, We have a theory that... uh, uh, these bigger, bigger cities like Toronto, New York, Los Angeles, etc. They've got companies that are making great impact, and that's attracting that millennial generation. That's the basis of of the theory. So the the issue that we're having is how do we change our small little jurisdiction of New Brunswick into a hotbed of social impact businesses, especially in an area that is so filled with um, you know legacy resource development business and whatnot. Um, how do we do it? So. We're looking at using Millennial Dream as a beginning of a movement that is going to challenge 
as many New Brunswick companies as possible to take the B Corp assessment. And if we can take oh. them, if we can take them from 52 up to 80, or 52 to 60, or from 70 to 90, just it, not even applying for B Corp, just take the assessment. Um, we feel that if just the act of going through that assessment is going to change the way people do things, whether they become a B Corp or not, it's almost that that, that would be the frosting on the cake. But do you like that idea? Do you see it working? Do you see any any stumbling blocks in it? Because I feel if we put the challenge out there for people just to do the assessment and, and log it, say, hey, this is where we came in, and give them 12 months to, to increase that score, whether they become a B Corp or not, they all will. <laughs> uh, we want to become, uh, you know, the uh, one of the main centers of social impact business. Do you see any flaws in, 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 this, uh, in this theory or this movement, Aaron? Uh, well, flaws, I don't know. First, I'm, I'm just blinded by uh, excitement, I guess, um, really on, on, on two fronts. Uh, when, I, when I hear you talking about this, um, two words come to, to mind immediately. One is measurement and the other is imagination. And, and, and so on the measurement side, what you're talking about is, is, is sort of the gospel of B Corp, that we believe if you actually care about something, you have to measure it. And so in, in the past, we've kind of used it as, as, a, as a cop out that, you know, all the things that B Corp cares about are, quote unquote, intangible. And the only thing that we can really measure is is, is profit margins and, and profit and loss statements at the end of the day. And so, you know, you're just trapped in, into a cycle where that's the only thing that you're measuring. Um, it's really the only thing that you care about. It, and you can have side projects, but they will always just be sort of feel good side projects if you're not measuring it at the end of the day. So any sort of challenge that, that, that we can support where, um, you know, business on mass is adapting or adopting um, a different vocabulary and a different set of measurements, I think that that automatically changes business practices, whether they are B Corps or not. Um, all of a sudden, it, it, it affects the psychology and it, and it affects the practice. And, and then the second piece on that um, is really is that jump from uh, you know 50 to 80 or, or from 60 to 90, which I think we talked about this o o over beers it, like that is the jump that gets me really excited it's not you know it, it, it's always good to see a company that scored 120 and all of a sudden they jump to 135 but at the end of the day i think what what revolution looks like is new brunswick and and, and saskatchewan and tennessee and alabama and all of this sort of jurisdictions jumping from Companies uh, with good leadership and, and a, a good heart, but jumping from that 55 to 85. And, and you get tens of thousands of companies jumping from 55 to 85. And oh my goodness, like that just changes the math on, on what the future looks like. And, and for me, that's, that's all about sort of a, a public imagination or a business imagination. And I think, you know, jurisdictions, um, you know, I won't speak too much to the Maritimes. So I, my in-laws are, my, my wife is from Nova Scotia and my in-laws bounce all around the Maritimes. Um, I think that there's no deficit of, of resources. I don't think there's necessarily a deficit of, of, of talent. And ultimately it's not even money because money's there. It's just locked up in some places. Um, it's imagination. It, it, it's a deficit of imagination of what it could look like. Um, to be that, that that kind of jurisdiction that you're talking about, you know, I, I think 
you know, who would have believed 30 years ago that Austin, Texas could be the music capital of the world or that, uh, or that even in Toronto, that like the Toronto film festival could be what it is today. Or, or, there are all these, these jurisdictions that zero in on what they want to be about. Um, and they can make revolution happen. Okay. So he, here's the last little part. The motivation is <clears throat> one, we've got an ego, uh, a positive ego thing to talk about, about saying, yeah, I'm from New Brunswick. We are the, the center of excellence in social impact business. That's one thing. But really the true motivation here is we've got serious problems. We've got crazy obesity issues. We've got poverty issues. We've got uh, environmental issues. There's so many issues in this tiny little province that we actually are a canvas for experimentation and and uh, and positive change that can be scaled out in other places. But we have a theory that business and small business uh, in particular ha- has the opportunity to fix a lot of these problems that previously we relied on the government to fix. So we really hope that if if this challenge uh, is successful that a lot of the issues that we're seeing in our backyard will be fixed by business because business has now uh, had the opportunity to go through an assessment tool that's making them think differently. Well, and you know what? I'm just going to – I was just thinking, so that's a great thing to add to the um, to the documentary. But, I mean, I'm thinking right now, someone listening to this, and I, I understand, Aaron, is bcorporation.net. Is that right? Or you can Correct. find you can find the assessment because so so you know I'm going to take on that challenge myself and I, I'm kind of curious where my company sits, so and I would hope every listener takes at, at the very least goes to bcorporation.net checks it out. This is the first, by the way, I'm hearing of all. That. I mean, I know a little bit, like I mentioned earlier. So now I sound like I've, <laughs> I'm shamelessly promoting this, but um, but I mean that I love that. so personally. What I love is the idea of measurement as well, Aaron. I think that is so cool because and we just actually interviewed someone that that uh, is doing some really cool things with marginalized uh, communities and helping children in in learning and one of their big things is making sure you're assessing all the way through the impact right so I mean, yeah. it's just such a it, it's so important because that's always that's always kind of the, the area that starts to cave away right in terms of a theory or an idea or a movement but if you can actually measure that's fabulous so so that's cool to think that people going on and, and measuring, that's a great, I had no idea you were uh, considering that. And did any of your co-producers know this, or did you just come up with this on the fly? <laughs> this, uh, it, to be honest with you, it, it was just a couple of days ago, we were all getting, we were in a room together, got back from India, and we said, what is the mission of this project? And then, uh, you know, we are B Corp, we, we really want to focus heavily on B Corp in this film. So why don't we actually make this the experiment? So uh, Aaron, we'll be leaning on you a lot uh, coming up. So here's how we wrap up most of our, uh, our episodes. We lean, lean on our guests to give us some advice. What is your advice to the business community of New Brunswick, Nebraska, uh, Alabama, place, where it does not matter where, to do something like this? We're going to see a lot of challenge, a lot of pushback. What, what, what type of good advice can you give us to, to move forward effectively? Yeah, I, I guess, you know, Really leaning back on that idea of of imagination that, you know, 40 years ago, Silicon Valley was a nothing uh, little foothill in wine country. Um, And a a small group of dedicated people have changed the world in that particular space. And they're solving problems that we didn't even know we had. Um, So in the same way, I think that um, to not buy into sort of a a piecemeal mentality, to, to not buy into the old paradigms where... Um, you know, there are definitely problems that, you know, there are roles for governments, there are roles for nonprofits. Um, 
but I've never seen imagination uh, from government or nonprofits that, that, that parallels some of the imagination we see uh, in entrepreneurs all around the world. And so, you know, you take an idea, you test it, you find the money to make it grow and, and really, you know, change the world around you through the power of business. That's fantastic. Well, listen, Aaron, what's the best way for people to follow you and uh, stay in touch? Yeah, well, feel free to any ideas that you have. You can just tweet straight at me at B Corp Canada. Um, and that's really the easiest way. 24 hours a day, it'll beep next to my face and I can get back to you. <laughs> okay, that's good. No, well, hey, very nice meeting you. Uh, I, I look forward to to joining you and Greg for a beer uh, next time you're in our province or our city or if we're both in the big smoke together. Um, and uh, and, and I, I've got to now follow through on my challenge of doing uh, doing my assessment for my company. I can't, I can't wait to hear it. You're going to score a high, though, man. I hope so. Yeah, you we'll are. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, thanks so much for your time, man. And uh, I know we'll be speaking again very soon. We're going to try to convince you to come to New Brunswick really soon, too. So, uh, <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for having me on. And uh, thanks for just you know pushing this important conversation forward. Awesome, man. Thanks, Aaron. You're inspiring, man. Thank you. Take care. All right. Bye Take guys. care, guys. Bye-bye. So um, we're doing well for t- well we got thirty seconds before the wrap up happens. Okay. Bam, bam, um, inspiring, big message, uh, but breaks it down kind of into really nice steps. Love the passion, the guy's voice makes me want to learn more. Yeah, and for me, is if you care about something, you have to measure it. I think that that's brilliant, and it, it works in all verticals of our life and business. Bam. See you next week. See ya. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback.